everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 61, The First Day, recorded August 22nd, 2011. This week we're doing a couple of new things here uh, on the show. Uh, this is the first time uh, that we have intentionally not recorded ahead. We have decided that we're going to try to, as much as possible, uh, record. Uh, our release date has always been on Thursday, so we're going to record on Monday, release on Thursdays, rather than uh, record. We have been doing it 10, 10 days, two weeks, uh, three weeks ahead of time. Uh, and that's handy because uh, if something comes up and we uh, uh, can't uh, do whatever, uh, do a show for whatever reason, uh, we have that leeway. But it also doesn't allow us to do things like cover recent news or anything like that because it sounds dated. So we're trying something new. Um, we're probably going to fall flat on our face and then later go back and change that. But hey, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so, for our very first episode, uh, well, it's not our first episode, it's our 61st episode, but our first in the new format, we're going to talk about our first day of school today at our school. Um, and this is, you know, this is an education podcast, it's the time of year where everybody's going back to school, so we just thought we'd share uh, with you maybe some comic relief, uh, or maybe you can share our pain, or we can share yours, however, uh, with the first day of, uh, of school for the 2011-2012 school year. And so I've babbled on here. Sean, say something. Yeah, I, well, I just wanted to say uh, it, it's funny. It's it's like watching a ritual, and I get to see it uh, on even a grander scale now because of my two-hour commute. So uh, all along the way, I'm seeing uh, you know kids out waiting for rides and waiting for buses and buses out on the road. You know, it, it's it's just all of that. Uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, the ballet that has to occur to get all these kids to school. Uh, so I got to see that and drive through many school zones on the way to work this morning uh, that I haven't uh, had to uh, for the last three months. So, uh, yeah, and, and it makes you think about all those people that are in our, you know, in our seats, you know, having to prep and uh, pulling their hair out here over the last week or two, uh, trying to get everything ready in time. Yeah, pretty much everybody in North America will start school sometime within about a two-week window. Some started last week, some will start next week, but pretty much everybody is either in the staff development time or their students have started or, or uh, we are about to start. So uh, it's almost universal. It's quasi-universal. I know in... Uh, um, other parts of the country, that's not the case, but, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, geographical bigots. So, uh, we're, we'll just claim that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that uh, we wanted to do today was, uh, um, sort of retract some previous praise and I'll let Sean carry that one on. Cause, uh, this is something that he, uh, uh, feels strongly about. Yeah. And I have to say, I think even, uh, I brought this one. Uh, kind of to everybody's attention when we first started talking about it, I believe. Um, and it was, uh, well, I'll just spit it out. It's Spiceworks. And uh, we've, we've had a lot of positive things to say about Spiceworks in the past. Uh, but as our inventory, and this is primarily what we're using Spiceworks for, is uh, its inventory capability. As our inventory has grown, and uh, well, it's about 3,000 items that we have in our database now, uh, which is really not a lot. I mean, we're a small school district, and we have a lot of technology for a small school district. But 3,000 items in inventory is not huge. And yet uh, Spiceworks just it, – it lags so bad now that we really can't use it for inventory. Yeah, it uh, is It is not 
entirely unusable, but it's real close to it. It's not something anymore that Sean and I will deal with. We will put it with a student or somebody whose time is, you know, less valuable. Because if we're sitting there waiting uh, a minute, literally a minute to two minutes for a screen to change, that's time we're not doing something else. Um, yeah, well, and, you know, what my original vision for uh, for that was is to take, you know, as I'm, uh, because I'm the one that's primarily taking in machines that have problems and, you know, what I, what I wanted our inventory system to do is to be able to identify any repetitive problems. So if we have a machine that, uh, you know, has gone through three hard drives in the last two years, uh, maybe that's a trend that we need to be able to see. And, uh, so I always saw it as, you know, I would bring in a machine and we had put barcodes on the sides of these machines and we had a barcode scanner and we could just scan it into Spiceworks. And then I could note, you know, any work that had been done on that machine. So we would start to build up a history on all of our, all of our computers. And, uh, that's the part that it just, we can't even do anymore. Uh, it takes so long to get a, a machine checked in and, uh, you know, place notes on it and everything else that, uh, quite honestly, I just can't take the time to do it. So, it, you know, as far as what I envision it being, uh, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Just last week, I entered 30 new netbook computers into the system, and it took me over an hour to input 30 computers. And and, and that's not even key, uh, uh, key coding. We have barcodes. So I had a scanner. I was going bloop and then waiting a minute to two minutes. Uh, and then waiting for it to come up and then doing it again. So, uh, Spiceworks, you know, we had you on the show. Uh, we, we, we praised you and we have talked uh, well about you, but we got to be honest, we're not happy. And, uh, at this point, we're looking for an alternative solution. It's going to be a real pain to take those 3,000 items and move them to something else. I really don't want to do that. So I'm begging you, Spiceworks, get better, please. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, it's almost definitely linked to their, you know, whatever database they're using. And I don't know if it's a proprietary one. Mark, do you know? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, how, whatever it is, I mean, it, it's obvious that uh, this database is bogged down or maybe how it indexes it or I don't know. But uh, And before it, you say it, it might be the machine it's on, our machine far exceeds their recommended specifications. Way more RAM, way more processor, way more hard drive uh, than they recommend. Um, and and just to say the 3,000 items, that doesn't mean 3,000 computer systems, right? So every computer has a monitor and a, and a CPU unit. That's two stickers. And then we've got LCD projectors and we've got um, phones and uh, we've got uh, switches and, and, and laptops and we've got hubs. Uh, well, not any hubs, thank, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, we didn't do mice and keyboards. If we had, we'd have even more um, things in there. Oh, sure. Uh, so yeah. it doesn't take long to get that many items. And, you know, we've mentioned it before. The 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 performance has just slowly degraded to the point where um, we are withdrawing any support we once gave to Spiceworks until they can get things worked out. Yeah, and I hope that, uh, you know, it, it seems like we're always speaking or mostly speaking glowingly of things, and uh, I hope that speaks to the listener that, you know, we're not above going back on our word. You know, if, if the situation changes, then, uh, you know, we could fall in love with you six months ago and uh, not not so much anymore. We're, we're, we're breaking off the relationship. Sort of how I'm starting to feel about Skype these days. 
But um, yeah, yeah, Skype too. But you know, who didn't see that one coming? Yeah. I mean, come on, really. <laughs> yeah, they were bought by Microsoft, so naturally they're going to get smaller, leaner, faster, and better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's Microsoft's specialty right there. Yeah. So we're going to introduce a new uh, topic, a new heading of the show this week uh, called "In the News." Um, and we just got a couple of things that uh, were noteworthy that that I thought uh, actually uh, somewhat ground shaking in some ways. Uh, the first one is um, HP kills the web OS, sort of. Um, a few months ago, HP spent like a hundred million dollars. It was a lot of money. I'm I'm making that number up, but it was a lot of money uh, on the order of a hundred million dollars to buy Palm. Palm was a dying company, um, and HP was the 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 big guns that were going to come in and they were going to uh, throw themselves into uh, Web OS. And they said that we're going to have phones, we're going to have uh, tablets, we're going to have computers, we're going to have uh, embedded systems, and Web OS is the future of HP. Um, and last week, not so much. Um, they have decided they're going to kill uh, HP. They're not going to develop anymore. It's still an open source thing. It's still out there, and they will still license it to people who want to build hardware, but they're not going to build any hardware, and they're not going to put any more resources into into developing it. So for all intents and purposes, it is dead. Yeah, because I can see all those mobile manufacturers just running out there to uh, <laughs> right. operate on, with WebOS. Jump on something that the uh, that nobody's supporting. Uh, right. And they uh, they had sort of a fire sale over the weekend of their uh, HP Touchpad, which was, uh, um, by all accounts, I've never used one, but by all accounts, it was a really good hardware, really good software. Everybody loves WebOS who, who's reviewed it. Trouble is there was no ecosystem, there was no support for it, and now there's even less. And so these devices that were, I think, were going for 400 and $600, depending on the size, are now going for 100 and $200. And uh, Best Buy across the North America sold out, and uh, HP sold out all within like a day. Uh, so at 99 bucks. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue with that. I mean, it kind of needed to be in that price range, right? Because right. it's going to need to be a throwaway item. I mean, you get maybe 12 months, 18 months of use out of it. And then uh, since there is no ecosystem, uh, you know, it, it eventually will become a paperweight. I have often said of tablet-type devices, specifically the iPad, when it's $100, it's a real tool. Um, but sure. But right now, they're just they, they, they cost too much for what they can do. And so at $100, the, the Palm, the web uh, HP TouchSmart tablet is actually a pretty decent buy. But what I uh, heard recently was that their cost, their manufacturing cost was $300. So they took a $200 hit on every one of those units. Uh, plus, you know, there was some middleman in there, right? There was Best Buy. Uh, they had to give a cut to them. So I don't, I don't know how that worked out. But uh, HP took a bath that we can be pretty sure of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and didn't you say uh, they, they're also moving out of another market? Well, they're looking to sell their computer manufacturing market. Uh, they, they're, they're not going to close it, but they want to sell it. They want to divest themselves, and HP will no longer make computers. Now, to give you some perspective on that, HP is the largest computer reseller uh, in the world um, by a lot. And they just decided they don't want to do that anymore. Um, things are shaking up there at Hewlett Packard. Yeah, it's really uh, weird to see uh, these moves. And uh, one, I guess the computer side, and people might be a little shocked by that at first, but if you really think about how cheaply computers are being sold now, 
you know, what can they really be making per unit? You know, I mean, what are they missing out on? You know, 20, 30 bucks a unit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but when you multiply that by hundreds of millions of units a year, it's still oh, a big sure. thing. But, uh, you know, you make a point. They may be spending $5 billion a year to bring in $5 million a year. And at that point, it's pretty easy to cut that. Yeah, I, I got to think that they're looking at all the overhead and they're looking at the razor thin margins and just thinking, it, you know, it, it's probably a, a fairly straightforward decision. So even though it seems odd to see, a, you know, the leader, uh, the world leader walk away from that business, it really, you know, on the surface actually kind of makes sense. So uh, it, what I'm curious is, you know, who's going to step in and fill the void? Asus. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope so. Now, the only problem with that is, you know, I'm real happy with Asus right now, but when they have to, you know, have a tenfold increase in production, I wonder what that's going to do to their uh, their offerings. You know, Acer's still out there, and Dell is still out there, and Toshiba, and, and IBM, or actually IBM's not anymore, they're Lenovo. Uh, so there's still people out there making computers. But in terms of the, the desktop market, um, it's pretty much HP. And uh, and eight and Dell and Dell trails by a lot, like an order of magnitude. So uh, this may be a golden opportunity for Dell. Yeah, go out there and buy that Dell stock, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to get their support a lot better. Hey, let me just say that I am uh, in no way <laughs> qualified to make that uh, that suggestion. So uh, buy that oh, stock at your own risk. Always consult a financial advisor before taking any advice on stock. Right, yeah. Purchases. I don't want anybody coming back six months later going, I lost my house and my boat because <laughs> Sean, Sean said by Dell. <laughs> Funny. And the next yep. big thing in the news uh, is Google has bought Motorola Mobility. Uh, not too long ago, Motorola split their company um, into two halves, the mobile half and the uh, embedded chip half. Uh, and um, Google is is making a move. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't passed regulatory um, approval and such. But Google wants to buy the phone division, the mobile division of Motorola, um, which seems interesting to me. Um, Motorola has uh, been committed to a while to Android handsets, and Google has worked with, so far, um, was it Motorola that uh, did the original Android phone, the G1? I think it was Motorola. And then yeah, they that went, sounds right. Then they went with HTC for the Nexus 1, and then now Samsung for the Nexus S. So they've kind of moved around. Uh, you have to wonder if they're going to do that anymore, or is it now just going to be Motorola is their manufacturing arm, and they're not going to work with other manufacturers anymore? Uh, and again, that would certainly raise uh, regulatory commission uh, eyebrows as they look at that. So it'll be interesting to see how this happens. I've heard some people say uh, they it's a patent play. They they primarily want uh, Motorola's patents. Uh, um, I don't know if I agree with that. But then again, that that you know. seems to be the general consensus out there. But yeah, I I mean, uh, it's kind of weird that. It, Everything that revolves around the patents right now and how everybody out there is suing each other uh, over patents, uh, it, you know, I, I don't know how much uh, weight there is really behind that argument or not. I mean, uh, it, there's no way to tell. It's such a muddy market. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see what happens with uh, uh, Motorola handsets. Obviously, I don't expect to see Motorola rolling out any Windows phone handsets uh, in the near future. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if, if they're going to have a, uh, what would it be, like a, a Chrome phone? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Google will pick up WebOS. And, and right, yeah, it'll be uh, actually. Uh, I did see uh, on a related to that topic a uh, I think it was a fifteen hundred dollar bounty uh, uh, put up by anybody who could uh, hack Android to work on the the HP TouchSmart uh, tablet. So uh, oh yeah, well then your ninety nine dollar investment just went uh, you know is extended out quite a bit. Yeah, at that point, it becomes a, the best Android tablet for the price, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And you could use it for years to come. A grasshopper about the size of a cantaloupe just flew by my head, scared the bejesus out of me. Just Oh, so a little one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little Texas baby. <laughs> I wonder how he got in here, but anyway. So if you hear a big thump, that's either the grasshopper hitting the mic or me jumping away from it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm scared of insects, but that thing came out of nowhere. Sorry. Um, so next, on to the meat of the matter. Uh, and let's just talk about some of the things that happened to us on our first day. And um, the first thing I did this morning is update our student database. Yay! Yay! Yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a data input, right? Right. Eight. Well, yeah. no, 8 p.m. last night, uh, the day... Before literally twelve hours before school starts, uh, one of the two largest uh, student and finance uh, management systems in the state released a mandatory update. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, of course, that's that's the time you want to do it, right? Right. And and their updates are not the kind of oh well, let's just go ahead and update this. No, no, it's shut everything down. Kick everybody out. Now, let's talk about how comprehensive this is. This is grade books. This is attendance roster. This is uh, even the health software that the nurses use. This is our finance database. This is everything. We have literally put Employee all of our data. eggs in this one basket. Right. So I get there um, before 7 o'clock this morning thinking I will get uh, hopefully get it done before anybody notices. Um, an hour later, I'm still working on this. Systems are shut down, and people are calling me saying, hey, uh, my grade book's not working. You're right. It's not. Um, I can't get to my attendance. You're right. You can't. I mean, what do you say to that? All I can say is, yes, it's broken, and I broke it. Right. So yeah. uh, what a way to start the, the week. Um, but I expect there to be, oh, probably four more before the end of the month, and that's only eight days from now. That's the way this system works. It updates uh, ridiculously often. Uh, so that was how my day started. How about you, Sean? Well, yeah, and th I wanted to say, and you just got me thinking about this, and I don't even have it in the show notes, but uh, my day started by uh, getting a call from a teacher asking for some help as far as uh, we have a, a pretty robust audiovisual system in our cafeteria, and they had all the students assembled in there, and it's five minutes prior to them kicking off this kind of welcome back to school speech from the principal, and they had some uh, a video they wanted to play, and uh, of course you know, they hadn't tested any of this stuff out. Right. So I get the frantic call and can you make my laptop work? Cause I can't get the audio working. And I go down there and sure enough, there's a problem with the laptop, but we don't have time to figure it out. So I go and run and grab my laptop and, uh, I race down to the back of the cafeteria and I'm hooking everything up. And of course, nothing is working the way it's supposed to. So, uh, they went a little bit out of order. They were supposed to play this motivational video first. And, uh, instead the principal went ahead and did his speech 
And I'm just, I'm back there like a wild man, you know, pulling wires and pushing this wire into there and uh, rebooting the laptop. And uh, I literally get it done probably about five seconds before the principal finishes and goes, are we okay back there? Yeah. <laughs> and I give them the thumbs up and sure enough, it goes off without a hitch. Uh, but then the, this particular teacher, and I won't name any names, but she looks over at me and she says, you're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, yes, thank you for starting my day off with your huge emergency. <laughs> Not like I don't already have enough, uh, you know, enough things to do, uh, but I've got to come in and, and you know, we, we've said it many times. What is it? Something to the effect of uh, failure to plan of on your part is not an emergency on my part. Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what how my day started. So, uh, yeah, my blood was already racing, uh, you know, five minutes after I hit the door. Meanwhile, right across the way from that meeting in our gym, all the entire middle school is assembled there. So the entire high school is assembled where Sean is. The entire middle school is assembled where I am. And the superintendent calls me and says, it's really hot in here. Can, is the air conditioner on? And I looked. It's We have an electronic system where that's all scheduled. And I looked and said, well, it's not scheduled to come on until 9. Uh, and it's, you know, 7.15 when he's calling me. He says, well, you know, can we turn it on? Sure, we can turn it on. But it's going to take four hours for that giant room to get cool. Um, right. <laughs> once again, you know, it's just the, the little things that nobody thinks about, like, you know, the, the infrastructure. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was a little surprised with my deal. Uh, they oftentimes, they know, they obviously know ahead of time that they're going to be doing these, uh, these big gatherings, you know, these presentations or whatever it is they're doing or pep rallies or whatever it may be in these large areas. Uh, and usually they'll plan ahead, uh, to some degree, but, uh, you know, there's oftentimes that they don't as well, or they don't think about those little things and then they come running to us and, uh, it's a huge emergency all of a sudden. And so. speaking of planning ahead, your afternoon, uh, got started in a unique <laughs> sort of way. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I think my, my pulse was just kind of getting back down to normal, you know, and, uh, and then at 1030, I get a text from our, uh, middle school principal, a text Yes, and, and he's a listener of the show, so when he listens to this, I'm sure he's going to have a just a large belly laugh uh, over all of this. But, yes, I get a text on my phone, and I'm frantically working on other things, and uh, it says, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, you going to be able to teach that class this afternoon? Or he didn't even say this afternoon. He just said, are you going to be able to teach that class for me? This semester, and, right. Yeah, and uh, so about a month ago, they had asked me if uh, I would be interested in teaching a period of uh, technology at the middle school. Um, I taught three periods last semester. And, you know, I told them, yeah, sure, you know, I'd be game again. Uh, but, you know, I was, I've been out on the job market, so I told them I wasn't sure if I was going to even still be there. And uh, uh, he said, okay, well, you know, uh, let me do some checking and see what I can do. And then, uh, you know, when the time comes, uh, you know, I'll get back with you. And uh, all of last week, that was kind of on my mind. It was funny. I didn't say anything to him, but I figured, well, you know, obviously, if they needed me, they would let me know. You know, I'd be hearing something. So I just kind of filed it away in uh, what we call in the military file 13. And, uh, uh, just went on with, you know, figuring I'm just going to be a tech guy this semester. And yeah, 1030 this morning, I get that text. And so, of course, my response is, uh, are you talking about today? 
And, and yes, the answer was yes today. So yeah, I had three hours notice. Hours, yeah. Right. Before I uh, stepped in the classroom and uh, for my first day. So, so you got your uh, lesson plans already. And uh, you oh, know sure. exactly what you're going to do for the first day. Well, and it, it gets even worse than that because I did. I thought that. I said, well, okay, I taught three periods of this last semester. You know, I've got all of that, uh, you know, all of the, the projects and everything that we did last year. I can just do that again. So, okay, this won't be so bad. It's only one period. No problem. Uh, called down and asked, you know, how many students I was going to have. And they said uh, probably 14, 15 students. I said, okay, that's a real manageable number. So uh, this won't be so bad. And then uh, time comes for class. I go over there and I walk in the classroom. And what do I see? Uh, about two-thirds of those students I had last year. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, you know, essentially, uh, I pretty much have to throw all of that stuff out. I have to come up with all new material. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, uh, pretty much about as bad as it gets. <laughs> yeah. But at least the lab was ready and you could jump right to work on the computers, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you, do you want we, to talk about that we one? We <laughs> have this cursed hardware set at our school and it's uh, going on about uh, seven or eight years old now. And it's always been problematic from the beginning. And we just, it's, it's just the, the hardware from hell. Um, and we, uh, rolled out Windows 7 uh, this summer, and, and, and they worked perfectly on all of our machines except these. And we, we rolled out that we tested this image. We had everything uh, perfect. It was ready to go. We used fog. We rolled it out, and they all just croaked and said, no, we're not going to do that. So we brought one of them back to the office and, and pounded on for, for a while and finally realized, you know, we're just not going to be able to use one of our existing images. We're just going to have to build this from scratch. Right. Now, which takes, you know, four hours or so if you could sit down and do it for four hours. But the way we have to work, it's like three weeks. And so we've been working on this and, uh, we had everything ready to go this afternoon. It uh, wouldn't, wouldn't have been in time for his class, but we were uploading the image, uh, to fog and the hard drive just crapped out and said, no, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. And so right. that was the one we'd been developing on. It was the one copy that we had of everything. And so now <laughs> we're back to nothing again. And that this this hardware set is in three labs, uh, two at our middle school and one at our elementary, that we – I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to have to go back in there tomorrow morning and start all over again and, I guess, turn off the phone and, and lock the doors and spend four hours getting this thing ready to go so that we can roll it out so that these 70-plus computers can be useful. But it's it's just – it's it's – it's taunting me. It's like, um, I feel like it's, it's, I'm, um, never mind the, the analogy. It's too late. Never mind. <laughs> too late to be that witty, right? Uh, I had something good on the tip of my tongue and it just went away. So, uh, well, that's, I, I, uh, I just want to say that this, this hardware set has a long history of giving us this level of frustration. And th this is the highest level of frustration, but literally, Every year, you know, we'll develop images and we have to develop a special image for this hardware set every time. And it'll be named, you know, 2010 Foxconn because it's a Foxconn board. And that that motherboard, for whatever reason, just wreaks havoc on anything we try to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there I am. Yeah. I, I mean, just to add on to uh, the situation I was thrust into, uh, yeah, I've got to teach a, tech a technology class that as of yet we don't have any computers ready for. <laughs> so you've got a, uh, a handful of kids, half of your kids or, or more, that have already done, know all your tricks, so you can't right. just go back to your old tried and true. 
and then you don't have any technology to, to teach them. You're, the tech people at our school suck. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, you know, those dang computers never work. <laughs> uh, it's just terrible. Uh, yeah, well, I can roll with the punches, though, so uh, I, I think we'll be all right. But I, I mentioned Fog earlier, uh, and Fog has really come to the rescue a number of times today. We had a situation where uh, today... Uh, there was some software that we had just forgotten to load. It was entirely our fault, um, and the teacher was ready to use it, and we were looking at what's the best way to do this. And it turns out it's easier to re-image a lab of 30 computers than it is to install this one software 30 times. So we just did that, and it was just rolled it out, and we are so spoiled. Uh, it, it, it was going to take an hour to do this, and I was thinking, man, there's something wrong. This is taking a, an hour is a long time to deploy the, this image. What's going on? Um, and then I remembered back to the the first time I used any um, um, imaging software at all was the old uh, Ghost back in the DOS days that crippled my network. Nobody could work, and it took about six hours to image a single machine, <laughs> let alone 30 machines. Um, so uh, we're, we're pretty spoiled, but uh, Fog saved our bacon today uh, a couple of times. We were able to make uh, uh, quickly make some snap-ins and throw them out for some things that needed to be done, and uh, there's still a lot of software that's untested with Windows 7 yet just because we we can't do all that we we don't really know what they need we don't we can install it and say oh it installs but we don't really know if it works until somebody gets here and starts hammering on it so a number of times today fog has come to the rescue so once again we are the the fog uh hour uh podcast yeah i you know i think it's uh it's good to note though uh something that we we uh well, we saw this summer and right at the tail end of the summer is that if you are still on, what is it, version 3.1 of Fog? Yes. That you definitely want to upgrade to 3.2 because we saw a significant change in, uh, what, I guess it was upload and download speeds, well, right? Well, actually, what it's 3.0 works and 3.2 works. 3.1 was buggy. So I upgraded and our download times went from being 20 minutes to six and eight hours. Uh, per a single machine and then uh, this was all known problems but I, I hadn't been following I, you know I did an upgrade actually the last time Chuck and Jim were on the show I, I did the upgrade right there while they were talking to us uh, they found the problem they released another uh, upgrade that I hadn't installed so uh, if you're not running the latest do that because uh, if you upgraded and it introduced some problems they've worked those out yeah, yeah, that's why I definitely wanted to just make sure we got it out there because uh, it was crazy the times that we were seeing. I said, gosh, you know, something has got to be wrong. And I think we were even thinking, you know, do we have like a loop back on the network or what's yeah. going on? And uh, sure enough, then you did the update and that fixed everything. So yeah, everything uh, went a lot better. Uh, and also, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if this is on Chuck uh, and Jim or on us, but... Uh, Something about the way Green Fog interf interacts with Windows 7, or at least in our case, uh, was was very uh, unpleasant. Uh, Green Fog is the, the part of Fog that will log somebody out who's idle and then reboot a machine if they're logged out, uh, or excuse me, shut down a machine if they're logged out to save power. Uh, well, what we found was people who were actively using their computers, you know, in the midst of literally typing a sentence, it would reboot on them. It wouldn't shut down. It would reboot. Um, and we chased this problem for a while, looked at it from a number of angles, and it was happening across all of our hardware sets. And then just, uh, you know, as part of the troubleshooting process, I went on and uh, went in and turned off 
those features of the fog service and it never happened again. Uh, now, I don't know. There's two parts of it. Like I said, there's the logout part and the shutdown part. I don't know which of those two parts uh, is at fault because that's kind of a you don't want to turn that back on to test it. And then suddenly everybody start randomly rebooting. Um, but, every, you know, we did our upgrade show last week about Windows 7, and we said that so far everything had been going really well. That was a really big thing that we didn't notice because we would image a lab, look at it, know it was, say it was good, and then shut it down. And we didn't have any users interacting with it to know that was a problem until last week. And then people came in, and, and this was a problem, and then we started uh, tracking it down, and and we've pointed at fog. So if you're having that issue, if you've decided to move to Windows 7 and you're having the random, seemingly random uh, reboots, um, that uh, check those those two services in fog, turn them off, and we haven't had any more trouble since then. Yeah, and they, that was just trial and error, but it seemed to make sense, right? I mean, some something was making these shoot, these machines uh, reboot, and it, it was really the only other thing that we had out there that would do that. Uh, so we just you know took a shot in the dark, and it made sense, and it worked. Yeah, so I'm surmising that uh, uh, perhaps fog is on a, uh, whatever method it uses to determine whether or not you're actively using a machine doesn't work in Windows 7. Uh, and, and so it doesn't know that you're on, and so it'll try to shut you down. But the shutdown mechanism doesn't work either, and it ends up just being a reboot. So there's something in their coding, that's my guess, that needs to be looked at. And they probably had the same situation. Um, they didn't know that, that because they haven't had the interactive users pounding on it. So I would expect to see an update to the fog service coming in the near future. Yeah, Absolutely. We know those guys are on top of the, you know, they're on top of things. Right. We trust them, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been worth every penny I've paid them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's really it, right? I mean, if if it died and went away today, can we really complain? I mean, it's been a beautiful marriage so far. I would mourn. I would mourn its loss. <laughs> yeah, well, I would too. Believe me, I'd probably <laughs> lose a few pounds too. Um, and then the next thing uh, we mentioned in our last episode uh, that we're using a pre-release version of iTalk, um, and I said it was working pretty well. It's it's not working pretty well anymore. It's um, <laughs> as as the use has grown as we're using it more. Again, we were you know just testing onesie twosies here, but as I'm jumping from uh, classroom to classroom uh, and trying to help uh, people out, we're we're noticing some really unpleasant bugs uh tobias i don't know if you're listening to this show or not um but if you are uh here's some here's some uh some feedback for you um if a teacher has the italc management console open looking at her class we can't see them so we can't help them to help with their italc problems uh when as soon as they open the italc management console we're disconnected um, and that is a big, big deal uh, because that, that makes it uh, – because they, they have that thing up constantly, and then they should, and it makes it very difficult for us to remotely support them. Yeah, I mean, either that or we have to tell them, uh, can you close your iTalk? Which, but yeah, but if the problem is iTalk, which was some of the things uh, this week, you know, the, the the interface is new, so we needed to do some some training and some, and some uh, light uh, education there. And we couldn't. 
we we'd have to get up and walk down there you know oh, the hassle you know yeah i gotta get up and walk but still that that's a big deal not being able to support people in fact uh one of the tools that we looked at replacing italk with uh, land school the reason we didn't do that is because they have that problem uh supporters can't support teachers and uh so we we ruled that out as, as a tool that we can't use if we can't support a teacher uh it's useless to us uh and so we're um a little unhappy with the th- the way things are going right now uh with uh um italc with the understanding that we are using a release candidate uh so you know i'm hoping it's going to get better another thing is it's crashing on me a lot are you seeing that on your machine sean Actually, mine's been fairly stable, which is it's a w- really weird flip-flop because with the uh, the previous version of Italc, it was mine that crashed constantly, and and you were fairly stable, and uh, you know we've we've got uh, well basically identical computers, right? Uh, which is really the funny thing. So we've got identical computers with identical versions of Windows and running roughly uh, the same software. Right, and we've we've had these problems. So the previous version was very buggy for me. As a matter of fact, I had to uh, eventually I had to break down to running a VM with XP uh, just so I could use Italc. Um, so that's where I came from, and now it, it's kind of funny. It's actually very stable for me. It, it does crash a couple of times a day, but uh, you know it was crashing you know, 20, 30 times a day for me in the past. So, uh, but that is flip-flopped, right? So now you're, yeah. you're the one dealing with that. Yeah. I'm crashing. Uh, and when we say crash, it just closes. It's a force close and you can open it right back up. So it's not a big deal. It doesn't bring your whole system down. It's just really annoying. Um, and so well, especially I'm, when you're already in the middle of a session with somebody, right. you're already helping them with some sort of problem. And then it just, uh, you know, it crashes and you've got to restart it and uh, it, it can just be frustrating. Yeah, I'm seeing that four or five times an hour uh, at this point uh, pretty consistently no matter what I do. Uh, and and if I reboot my computer, uh, it'll clear it for a while and I'll get maybe a half a day to a day um, before it starts happening again. Uh, but, you know, any tech out there knows that rebooting the computer is like the, you know, we'd rather move then reboot our computer <laughs> right well we have so many different things up all you know i mean you've got uh, if you're me you've got 50 browser windows open all at the same time and uh, not windows but tabs and uh, you know your various vms and different things that are open all the tools that you use to work with and so rebooting is a big deal because you got to shut all that stuff down wait for the computer to reboot and then you've got to get back into all that stuff i mean uh, it literally can take probably 30 minutes or better yeah and if you're eating away at tasks right and you've got uh, this thing open here and this thing open here and they're all half done uh you can you know maybe lose work or not remember where you were in the process so rebooting you know it, it's definitely a first world problem right where <laughs> this the uh, people in uganda are not complaining about having to reboot but uh, uh it is an issue as uh, for attack trying to support uh, as many people and as many systems as we do. So, um, just a you know a word of warning and advice out there. Um, it is pre-released. It's not ready yet, and and we're definitely seeing evidence that it's not ready yet. Yeah, but uh, not a reason to give up on it. I mean, Tobias is still working on it, and uh, I'm sure it will get back to its former glory. 
Yeah, his website now says that when uh, version 2.0 is out, he'll be offering a commercial support option. So uh, I'm excited about that in that there will be some support because there hasn't been any at all. It's all been community or, uh, uh, you know, shirt sleeve support. Uh, but also it means there's a monetization stream for him. So I'm, I'm uh, pleased to, to see that he's looking to go that route. Yeah, definitely. It means that it will stay alive, and we want it to stay alive. And Tobias, if you're looking for somebody to head up your North American support team, I think Sean and I have more experience with it than just about anybody else. And, yeah, definitely. <laughs> as long as it pays well. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to make more money than we make right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are teachers, after all. Uh, and that's about the end of my list, Sean. Did you have anything else? No, I think that's it. I mean, uh, I'm sure we are like so many, you know, probably tens of thousands, uh, maybe hundreds of thousands, I don't know, across the nation that uh, are right now sitting at home, feet propped up, swollen, tired, you know, just... Just, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure all the, the, the women out there, the female teachers are, you know, in bubble baths and everything else because this is the day, right, that everybody just is cringing, you know, waiting for, and, uh, and it's in the record book, so. Yeah, and uh, so far, it's gone pretty well. Uh, you know, as we've said oftentimes here that our little school, we do a lot with a little. And uh, these tools that we're complaining about today, um, even though we're complaining about them, they make it possible for us to do what we do. Without fog, without italc, without these other things, uh, we would not be able to do the things that we do at all. So uh, consider these um, constructive criticisms and words of friendly warning and not necessarily complaints. Well, yeah, and I think it's it's a good time to bring up, you know, we've Except made this the SpiceWorks, the- that's a complaint. Yeah, well, that's definitely a complaint. But, uh, you know, we've we've mentioned this in the past is that, you know, we are not doing the public school system a service if we sit back, take our salaries and outsource all of the work that we should be doing. Uh, so we get in and yes, we save money with these tools and yeah, they're, they're going to have their bugs and their problems that we're going to have to deal with. And we scrambled to, to fix it and make it work. And, uh, you know, basically make the day possible uh, but that's what we're paid for and so you know if you're out there uh, I guess it's at least our opinion that you know that this is how you should be earning your keep you know they pay us for a reason and uh, we've got to get out there and make it happen and stretch the school district's dollar as far as we can I mean that's what we get paid for Right. Uh, and one other thing about ITALC, I, I want to put it in the proper context. With the old version and with the new version so far, we've never seen any of these annoyances that we've talked about with its one teacher and one classroom. Um, so if you're uh, considering putting it in your lab setting or in your classroom setting and you're thinking, you know, is it too unstable? Our teachers don't have these problems. When it's one teacher desktop and a series of students' uh, 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 desktops and they don't jump back and forth between classes, it's always very stable for them, has been very long, uh, uh, all along. We rarely hear uh, complaints about crashing or, or freezing or anything like that. Again, we've only had one day with the teachers with it now. Uh, but so far, there haven't been any complaints about that. So when we talk about these instability issues, it's because we literally have 700 computers in our database that we're using italc with with well yeah and database is uh loose use of the word i mean it's an it's an xml file 
And when that XML file consists of 20 computers in one classroom, which is the XML file that would exist on any of our teacher computers, uh, you're right, absolutely stable. But as a supporter, when you've got to put all of those classrooms and, like you said, several hundred machines into your XML file, Italc seems to have a problem with that. Right. And as we've said before, we, we have a, we're a one-to-one district. We have uh, uh, 20 plus labs at our high school, another uh, six at middle school, and then counting laptops and stuff, probably another five or six at elementary. So there's lots and lots of computers out there, um, and we have them all grouped. And so these crashes that we talk about is when we're moving from one class to another and loading up those files. Th- those that's where we tend to have the problem. So I don't want to scare you away from it because the the one teacher one uh, classroom methodology has always been very stable. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, if there's nothing else, I guess it's time to move on to our tips of the week. Uh, and this week's tip is uh, brought to you by a listener. Uh, he is um, uh, most of the time in our um, chat room as EGS Tech. Um, and ironically, he's not there right now when I'm talking about his tool. Uh, but this is the D7 Computer Repair Multi-Tool. Uh, this is not something that... I have a lot of use for, and I don't know that you will in school, but if you support home users, it's definitely a very big deal. This thing can do um, lots. Uh, it's it's almost difficult to, to even consider what it can do, and there's a link uh, to it in our website. There's a big red warning there. It says, warning, this is a technician's tool and not designed for end users. Absolutely. Uh, it is, it's like the, the Swiss Army knife. Uh, for the PC world on steroids, you can um, examine um, uh, your your Windows host file. You can look at uh, you can rebuild your icon cache. You can re- re- fix your shell run thing. You can repair permissions. You can check uh, policies and remove policy. You can uh, disable and enable the firewall. You can repair firewall settings. You can uh, do the the MS Winsock fix if any of you know what that is. Um, there are maintenance tasks you can do. You can clear out your registry on schedule. You can install certain apps. You can install custom apps. You can delete temp files. You can pur- purge the system restore. You can delete the recyclement. All from this one tool, just moving back and forth from one tab to another. It's got built-in malware scanners uh, so that you can uh, just pull up uh, a list of known uh, free malware tools. You can uh, uh, different uh, tests there. It's got the Kaspersky TDSS killer that saved our bacon uh, toward the end of the year uh, built into it. All these things. Um, it's got offline tools where, where you can do it where the machine's not running. You can schedule it to do it. It's just an amazing tool. The D7 uh, Computer Repair Multi-Tool, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes. That sounds awesome. So is that is that something that you install on the machine, or is that something you like carry around on a thumb drive? It'd be something you put on a thumb drive. Okay. Or you awesome. can install it. It goes either way. Okay. I'll have to check that out sometime. Yeah, and thanks to EGS Tech in the uh, chat room for that tip. All right. Well, I'll jump in here with my teacher tip, and the teacher tip of the week. Uh, I'm going to just. Uh, give the short version of it, which is Microsoft's Image Composite Editor, or ICE, I-C-E. And uh, we'll have a link to that in our uh, in our show notes on our site. Uh, but uh, it's it's basically, it's Microsoft.com and then download and such and such and such and such. Uh, but 
many of you out there may have seen this. I know I saw it a handful of years ago, and I'm not exactly sure exactly when Microsoft put it out. But uh, it, basically what the image composite editor is, uh, it's a tool where you can take a bunch of photographs, like kind of uh, if you wanted to take a, a panorama or uh, you know, you're out in the mountains and it really works well for landscapes, but, uh, you can take all of these pictures of, uh, let's say the sunset or this mountainside and then you upload them and this, uh, this tool, and it also has a downloaded, uh, desktop, uh, application as well. will stitch all of these together and it, it can make it into like this 360 degree panorama. And, uh, you really have to go to the website to, to look at some of the, uh, some of the examples, but when you look at the examples, you really see what this thing can do. So, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's one example and I think maybe it's in Paris or something, but they got up on this tall building and they took, uh, thousands, literally thousands of photos in 360 degrees and they took them at different, uh, distances too. So, uh, in very high resolution photographs. And so you can not only like kind of pan around 360 like you're actually standing on top of this building, but you can zoom in so you can look out and, uh, you know, a half a mile away, you zoom in and you can see into this window of this building. Um, so it's really amazing technology. It's been out there for a while. Uh, Mark, you said that uh, even iOS uh, or maybe the iPhone or yeah, Something iOS like that, does or, this natively in, in a much more scaled down version. You just kind of spin your camera around, snapping pictures, and it'll give you a panoramic view of it, but not not to the degree that you're talking about here. Yeah, well, and I played with it and uploaded uh, images. I actually had gone to Colorado a couple of years ago and up to St. Mary's Glacier and had taken some photos and had absolutely did not have this tool in mind, but I'd taken a, quite a few photos photos from up near the glacier just out looking out over the rockies and i thought well let me see if i can put these up to load these and see if they you know if this tool can recognize them and kind of stitch them together and sure enough it did and while i didn't have enough photos to make a 360 degree uh, i probably did uh, i was able to do about maybe 180 degrees and it's amazing how well it just it recreated that moment in that place and uh, what's great is uh, they also, uh, Microsoft has a Photosynth site. They call it uh, Microsoft Photosynth. And it's a place where you can upload these photos and these panoramas, and then you can share them in the community there. And uh, it's also a great place just to see what other people have done. Uh, so if you're into photography or if you've, you've got a lot of photos out there and you'd like to kind of recreate a moment and see it uh, in a new way, uh, check it out. That's uh, Microsoft's Image Composite Editor. That might be a cool thing to do uh, for, like, a digital component of a yearbook. You know, take a, a 360 view of your uh, football stadium from the 50-yard line, and that would be a, you know, a cool memory to have years down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, it takes that, uh, you know, I think every school does that kind of senior class picture. Um, I went to a very large school and they would get the photographer up on the top of the stadium and all of the seniors would be out there on the football field and you, you basically in the form of your graduating year. Uh, but how neat that would be to kind of have, uh, pictures from far back and then pictures zoomed all the way in so that now you've got this interactive picture that you can zoom in on, on individuals and, uh, you know, just, uh, again, it, it recreates the moment. It's really kind of, um, 
a new way to look at photography. You could have gotten all the members of my senior class with your iPhone. That uh, that wouldn't have been a, a big deal on, on, with my class. There were 30 of us. Yeah, well, and that's the funny thing because, you know, I'm looking at what we have. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Do we have 200 students even in our right high school? Right around 200 at the high school, yeah. Yeah, and I, so there I graduated with 1,000 uh, just in my graduating class. So, uh yeah, it, it's funny now to be working in small town uh, USA and these uh, small schools, and I actually think it's kind of neat, but I'm sure they would look at it uh, the other way around. They'd love to go to the big school. Yeah, there are there are routinely in the Dallas area schools that graduate more seniors than we have in the entire town where we work, the entire population of the town. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mark, I guess now would be a good time to tell people how they can get a hold of us. All right. If you want to join the conversation, maybe tell us about some of your tips like uh, EGS Tech did for us or tell us about your first day stories. Maybe that would be a good thing to start in the forums. First day stories. What's a funny story or uh, not even maybe not even funny, uh, a we can sympathize, we feel your pain story uh, right. that you could share. So uh, maybe I'll start that in the forums. That would be a fun thing. Uh, but join us over at elementop.com join the community get involved uh share uh with others answer questions ask questions that's the whole point of this uh community uh if you want to uh email us specifically you can do that at podcast at elementop.com or there's a contact button at the top of the page if you want to leave us a voicemail you can do that there's a uh, voicemail call us button there on the page as well or you can call 530-FRUGAL-2 if you want to follow our Facebook or Twitter feeds to know when we're broadcasting or, or when we're doing cool stuff, you can do that. Uh, Twitter.com slash elementop or Facebook.com slash elementop. And uh, that's pretty much all the ways that you can get in touch with us. But we do encourage you not to just follow us, but to contribute. Again, that's where the forums are a great, great thing there. Uh, contribute uh, to each other. Ask questions, even dumb ones. Uh, and we'll give answers, even dumb ones. Uh, and uh, that's a, a good opportunity to... Uh, to really get to know the people who listen to the show. On average, we have about 3,000 downloads a week of our Element OP shows. Uh, and on average, we have about oh, four people who make some sort of comment. So there's 2,996 of you uh, who, that we, who we don't know. And it would be nice to get to know you. So uh, that's the place to do that at elementop.com. All right. Well, uh, I guess it's time for me to say great show. Just, just so we can wrap up this day. Yeah, and the uh, grasshopper didn't hit me in the head, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> so not everything fell apart. Okay, well, thanks for being with us, folks. And for now, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.